for some reason though, I I was it, I don't normally get like charmed. That's a terrible expression for a Disney film. Um, <laughs> Prince but, Charming. <laughs> but with like with like movies like that. But um, I I. But you were charmed by that one. I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Cause like sometimes like I love um, Snow White and the Huntsman. What, uh, oh, I still have to watch that. Like the Kristen. Um, Stewart. Stewart film. I really like that movie. I like the aesthetic of it. Charlie Starron is a great, um, you know, evil queen. And uh, and then I actually enjoyed the second one with Emily Blunt and uh, right. Jessica Chastain. Um, Dude, Craig Craig Mazin wrote that. The guy who did The Hangover and stuff. The guy who does oh, the screen wow. script notes podcast. Isn't oh, that wow. crazy? Yeah, that, yeah, damn. Yeah, I didn't know that. He wrote the second one. Wow, it's like you know, I, I like the second one, but I like that world. So I think that's why I liked Maleficent because it has a similar, darker yeah. fantasy. And you don't get darker fantasy films that often. I I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I now that you say that, I could see why you liked it because it it is like it has a lot of like devilish imagery that yeah. they like that they use to like like it's very dark. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it feels more like it's for adults that like it's an adult movie that they, you can bring your kids to versus exactly. a kids movie yeah. that like adults have to kind of suffer through and maybe there's a joke like if it feels yeah. like it's for the adults but like kids can also see it yeah you know what i mean which that's why yeah. i also liked uh jack the giant slayer oh yeah is like, that the I, same way it's kind of like that too where it's just it's more uh, like made for young adults or adults that right. you could bring your younger kids to um, and right, I, and that I, makes sense. And I also felt the same for uh, um, oh god damn it, uh, another one. Oh, uh, Into the Woods, um, the musical. The musical, yeah, where oh, it has yeah, some darker elements to it. You know, like Johnny Depp is like very rapey, <laughs> like right. wo- uh, wolf uh, and stuff. Um, which I don't know. I I just like that those yeah yeah because yeah. they're, they're just a little darker yet they were definitely you know by pretty light yeah <laughs> yeah like maleficent like as an evil i'm doing air quotes character <laughs> is um like super not evil in the movie you know what right I mean? exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but you know take it take it as you will yeah it, but i'm guessing burning was better <laughs> <laughs> no bur- burning is definitely Maybe. That definitely better. Burning is yeah. more my type of movie than those for sure. For sure, for sure. But have you guys seen Claire Denis' new movie? Oh my Dude, god, I, I want can't to want so to bad. so bad. Yeah, it's playing at the Pickford right now. Oh, it's it's playing at the Pickford right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, I want to see it, it dude. I gotta it looks go super see it. good. Did you see it, dude? No, no, no. The new it hasn't been playing up here in my neck of the woods, but the second it is, I'm gonna go. But um, the new eight twenty four podcast they interviewed her like ryan johnson interviews her yeah um, dude i want to and it's like hella good because so he's stoked. just like he doesn't talk about himself at all he just talks about her the whole yeah time. yeah and, it, and he's super interested in her and it's really actually kind of cool that he's he's like kind of fanboying out but he's kind of keeping it professional too at the same time but he's still just like yeah that film was so good that you made and he says that like four times it's super funny Fuck, i just watched a film la- two weekends ago that she directed um with Vincent Cassell, um, or not Vincent Cassell, uh, Vincent, uh, uh, fuck, the guy who did the Brown Bunny and um, Buffalo 66. <laughs> God, Vincent Gallo. Um, shit. Let me see. And, and it's like this life. weird cannibal film. The it's Brown f- Bunny. Chocolate. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Um, Vincent Gallo. Let's see here. Um, Trouble, it, it, trouble it, it, every it, it, day. It was a really good movie. Um, oh, a really a weird film. Film, yeah. Oh, that's cool, dude. It's it's really crazy. It has a Beatrice uh, Dale or Dale in it, which um, Keith, you just watched a movie with her in it. Um, a, a, a foreign horror film. Oh, I, inside. But it might, yeah, it might might have been inside was the most recent like horror movie that i've watched yeah inside, inside. Was interesting. yeah yeah um 
That movie was a chart. That movie, literally every single action in that movie was a series of how can you make the the worst choice possible and still push the plot forward. <laughs> like literally every character in that movie just made every distinctly wrong decision that you could make. Like like to the point where it was like comical. Like you could do anything else. You could do anything different. And it wouldn't be as dumb as, like, the choices that every person made. And I get, like, it's a very simplified plot in, in action, but it's also just, like, come on. Like, I I had high expectations for it because right. I had heard good things, but it was just, like, a series of, like, idiot after idiot after idiot <laughs> after idiot, dude. It was just, like, come on. And you could see yeah. everything coming. Every beat, oh, you could just see coming. Fuck. Like, oh. it's so, yeah. The end was kind of cool, though, I guess. I mean, you know what's funny is, like, funny games is like that. You know, it's like, uh, everyone's, like, super dumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? This, and that's, like, kind of the point of the movie. This movie you was, like, like... the kid can't even climb the fence. Exactly. Exactly. Like, fuck you. But funny games, climb like, the fence. is self-aware yeah. of that, whereas this movie was right. not. This movie is trying to take that on a serious note. Oh, I Because see of saying. the, like, content. Like, the whole movie, the whole premise is that it's a home invasion on a pregnant woman. So, like, it's a very basic concept. And they to get to that point, they don't do... They set up a basic premise and plot um, around that. But other than that, it's like... It's... Yeah. I wish they would have been smarter about it. It was kind of... It felt lazy a little bit. Right. Just, like, kind of the... Uh, the the writing. Like, they're... Like, it could have gone through like three more drafts and had some more interesting sort of like action points, I guess. Oh fuck! They directed Leatherface. The people who did Inside. Yeah, yeah one of the newer Texas reincarnations. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. But the end, the end was kind of cool. It didn't save the film by any means, but it was like it was kind of cool. Um, it wasn't a uh, dream ending, though. I, I, it wasn't a dream ending, no. <laughs> it, it, uh, in a weird way, it ended in a artistic way, so it was kind of dreamy, but it wasn't an actual dream, if that makes sense. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, the cinematography of it kind of goes sort of dreamy. And somebody uh, remade right. it. Yeah, it's remade into, like, a American version. It was, re- it was remade into American version, which I heard is worse than the French version. So, you know, <laughs> take it for what you will, I guess. Um, That's funny. Dude, for real, though, like, I can't wait. for. So, at the time of recording this, um, Burning will have come out. At the time this is released, Burning will have come out on Netflix. And uh, we definitely have to talk about it. Like, it's just sticking with me, dude. It's tough. Well, and it's cool, too, because a lot of viewers or listeners probably have Netflix. So, it would be an easy... One be for easy them one. to watch, yeah, um, right, which right. Would, which would be cool. It'd be easy to Super accessible. It's, it's accessible. It is long. It's like two and a half hours. It is slow. It doesn't feel that slow, Mm-mm. but it is a bit slower. Yeah, if you get into um, it, you get kind of immersed. It's one of those easily films. immersed, yeah, dude. yeah. Because like it's one of those ones where it's the halfway point, tur- uh, halfway point turning point or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where like the story actually like takes a turn. Yeah. So you're you're commit like it's like a new movie, yeah. After that, and the ending is just so fucking worth it, dude. There's two long takes in that film that are just incredible. So, and not for any like crazy like they're not technically crazy, but for the actors and stuff in the long takes, it's really fucking good. So. It's the type of long takes that like it's like the it's not it doesn't come off as like the director showing off, but then when you really think about it. It's like, damn, those might be some of the hardest long takes to pull off, though. They were 100%. A director. You know yeah, what I mean? They 100% were. But they don't scream, like, I'm going to put a long take here because I'm a good director. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't, <laughs> right. you don't even notice that they're long takes right. unless you're really paying attention. Yeah. Because they're too... It's actually interesting when you kind of look at how they're mirrored in the film. It's two very crucial points in the movie other than that there's no other really like super long yeah. the big first shot is a little bit longer but it's not like a long take like the other ones are and those are the two crucial points in the movie god yeah now, now i really have to rewatch it because there's the dancing scene or whatever i love that, that dancing scene. that's such a good scene. it's one of the best i think it was one of the best scenes in a movie of last year yeah like just overall the combination of the music 
the music the, yeah like, just the way it was directed mm-hmm. the acting and just like thematically just what was going on just definitely one of the best scenes of 2018 and i listened to two separate interviews with steve ewan um who plays ben in the movie and listening to him talk about it is so fucking fascinating dude like he just has like the up like everyone on that film just has like the most like the utmost respect for lee chang dong the director uh and and his style he was talking about like the directorial style and how you know he lets his actors develop so much of the sides of things like he like gave steve like just carte blanche to really like develop this character and steve worked with all these other people to develop like you know the different aspects of him i don't want to say too much but like the different aspects of him uh and then there was one time he like asked him a question or uh lee chang dong was like so there's like a crucial question that you need to answer for yourself um and you don't have to tell anyone you don't have to tell me uh and i can't remember exactly what it was it was like it was like uh something like are you a psycho or like something along those lines like and then when the film was over and then so he's like okay i went and thought about that and then i figured out what i want my answer to be and when the film was over after they had shown it and stuff lee chang dong went up to him and was like okay so like what what is how did you answer yeah, yeah. that because uh and this came up because he was doing a q a uh. and one of the people kind of asked about that and he's like wow i'm surprised you asked that because you know he asked me this and i didn't tell the he's like i didn't tell him Wow, wow, it's an wow. answer that only Steve knows, like about that character. Yeah. He refuses to tell other people That's awesome. because it helps, like with the film. Yeah, you know? the mythos of yeah. w- of what that film represents. So, like, even yeah. the director doesn't know an answer to parts it's of such the film. Such a huge part of the film that he made. Yeah. yeah, that is so cool. But he's like so fluid about that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, he knows like to give the actors. You have to like you have to let them become that yeah. thing, and they would film stuff. And if they missed it, they would like he would the, he edits as he like day out. so like they're constantly watching, and so like he, they would shoot something and they would like finish the scene, and then they'd watch it and then he'd like talk to them and be like okay so like what do we think yeah. about this like how did this feel, uh-huh. and if there was like something wrong or if the director like didn't think there was something right, they would be like okay we're gonna go reshoot that so like uh-huh. they would schedule it in like. Oh, some wow. period of time after Dang. and then go refilm it like apparently the wow. scene where they smoke weed or whatever yeah. took them like multiple times to wow. do and they only had 40 minutes to shoot it because they had to shoot it during right, golden hour golden hour yeah so they like shot it like three times decided they didn't like any of those so they had to go back and reshoot it wow. days later because that's the thing is when i was watching mm-hmm. certain scenes it felt like they were so perfect that i was like mm-hmm. how do did they do rehearsal did they like, but then you're aware that it's shot during that golden hour, so you're just like, I was very aware of that, but it felt so easy, mm-hmm. like it felt so perfected. I guess it, I guess it just shows how intelligent of a filmmaker he is. Hundred percent to 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 have no ego and to just let his performers have control over what their characters actually are, because mm-hmm. he just he has the theme, he knows what he wants his film to be. And he knows how to. Maybe it's not manipulation, but he knows to have to let the, the the characters or the actors have that freedom yeah, exactly. to create what he what he wants overall. Exactly. Which is fuck. Like that's so crazy. There's that's very few directors I think that have that that do it as well as uh, you know. There's like the masters that do that. Like like Hannah right. Kay. Like Woody Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. Like you know mm-hmm. when they step back and they don't become that director. You know. Um, cause I know like even Tarantino and those guys, like they have a strong sense of who those characters that they've written are. So it's a little bit of a different type of directing style, mm-hmm. obviously, but like Michael Haneke and then, um, Dong and, um, uh, I feel like, um, Cronenberg and a couple other directors, they just kind of stand off. It's like, well, I, I cast them for a reason exactly and you know my after that you know 95 percent of it's done (laughs) my job as a director is just making sure the camera moves where where it's supposed to be you know (laughs) and you can feel that you can feel that each person was so like entrenched in their character and that they were so allowed to just like 
flex that part of their character. That's got to be such a interesting uh, flip to what Steve, Steven or Steve? Steven Yuan, Steve Yuan, yeah, um, was doing with like with The Walking Dead, working oh, in that different. medium, yep. and then working in a film like Burning, like you couldn't get much, much opposite, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that probably was very satisfying. Like he like stumbled on it too. Like he got the role like almost accidentally. Wow, it was just kind of trippy. Oh. Like, and it worked because they wanted like because like Ben in the film is so like Americanized mm-hmm. as like. But he's he's not Americanized necessarily. He's like globalized. Yeah, yeah. So like Steve being sort of this Korean American going to Korea yeah. to film next to these actual like like native yeah. Koreans like adds this like element to it. And yeah, I guess you feel like he's a foreigner. In you a do. Way. You yeah, do. Yeah. And I guess that scene in the airport when they actually first when he first meets the dude that's the, the first, first time, time they, they ever met. We're right on. I before love before that when scene. They do that yeah, movies. they never met. Before. They were in like the country or whatever, but they never met for that wow, scene. So. That's cool. Yeah, it's fucking, dude. I yeah, fucking. I be so <laughs> fucking good, dude. I just can't. I can't even. I'm so stoked to rewatch it. Um, uh, but anyway, we have some other things to talk about here. Uh, this is Back to Back Happy Hour, our opportunity to talk about anything film. Uh, I'm Keith. <laughs> this is Byron. I'm Jacob. Um, and a couple of things. So this is actually relevant to something we brought up on an earlier episode. I don't know exactly which one. Uh, but talking about Steel, Spielberg and Netflix again. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Um, but he... <laughs> no, I'm not even paying attention to any of that stuff. But he actually made he made a direct statement in regards to that. Um, and basically <laughs> what he said was... Uh, because, okay, so... The reason why this is kind of coming up is my my other kind of point here, my other topic. Uh, so that ne- uh, the academy is going through some changes right now. Uh, they changed their one of their categories, the foreign film, foreign language film. They just changed the name of that to like, oh, um, what are they changing? International. To? Yeah, something international. Uh, which is kind of ridiculous because it's still not going to be like an English category if that makes sense oh you know so what I mean? are they are they allowing like films from like new zealand you know like english films from like new zealand or but that's the thing is Australia? apparently apparently that's not the case so like well like when they say foreign film like i guess this is like what is the definition of foreign film is a foreign film we've talked about this on the show but is it the language of the film or is it where the production company is? And I always thought it was, in the Academy's eyes, I always thought it was the language. But I it's wonder. It's definitely if about the language. And uh, why is it not showing up all of a sudden? Like suddenly now, I can't find anything about it. Uh, it's it's more it's about the they language. Changed their minds already. Probably <laughs> they, changed, they changed it back due to outrage. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me. I'm trying to find it. Let's we see. had a nickel every time that happened. With those guys, <clears throat> we'd have... In this last year, we'd each have a dime, I think. At least, maybe 15 cents. <laughs> so basically, it's, it's basically like a name change without it actually being... Uh, oh yeah, okay. So international feature film. So, but <laughs> they're changing from foreign language film to international feature film, which Why? opens up to the question of what does that mean? Yeah. Because in America, sense like technically anything from Britain would be an yeah. international, international feature film. Yeah. Right. And it'd be in English. Yeah, exactly. It'd be in English. So that's what's confusing here. So, this is what they're saying. The name change does not come with any alterations to existing category rules, submission process, or eligibility requirements. An international film is defined as a feature-length motion picture produced outside the U.S. with a predominantly non-English dialogue track and can include animated and documented features. So, Hmm. international, but not entirely international. Yeah. So, it's sort of this, like, almost like PC 
yeah, change. Yeah, it seems like it's supposed to be trying yeah. to be more, like, inclusive but, or something. But it's not? Yeah. Yeah, it's but that's just, so weird, because, like, what if, like, you know, like, Hunt for the Wilder People, like, that movie was awesome, you know, and that movie came out of New Zealand, I think. Oh, yeah. So, like, that is not eligible for a foreign language movie, because it's entirely in English, but that's what they speak over there, you know? Right, so it's exactly. Like a, it's like this question of should that be opened up to basically just non-British and any country except for British films? You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's the what about like Australia? Like, Australia is predominantly English, yeah. right? Like, but like, are they like obviously all foreign films are eligible for Best Picture? But there's no way in hell that they're gonna get to that. So there's a, there's a flaw here. Uh, yeah, clearly. Yeah, clearly. There's, there's clearly distinct, something wrong. There's a distinct lack of thought, which you know, coming from the organization that thought cinematography was not a worthy category to air. Uh, right. I'm not surprised that there's no thought into this next right. change that they want to make. Well, I I like that they like and editing. Like they're like, oh, we're gonna edit out this part of the show, <laughs> the editing part, the and irony. then we'll view it later. Fucking <laughs> I know, irony. So ironic. But it does kind of lead into the Netflix things because there's two changes happening here, or one change, one lack of a change. So the Academy is changing the category thing, but they're also not changing allowing Netflix movies to be part of it. So there's the rules that they set out if as long as Netflix gets into theaters and can show films to abide by the rules, they are eligible for... Uh, the Oscars and then leading to what Spielberg said because obviously he was in the spotlight for some potentially misquoted uh, statements <laughs> what he said direct Old quote man Spielberg. is uh, I want people to find their entertainment in any form or fashion that suits them big screen small screen what really matters to me is a great story and everyone should have access to great stories however I feel people need to have the opportunity to leave the safe and uh, safe and familiar of their lives and go to a place where they can sit in the company of others and have a shared experience, cry together, laugh together, be afraid together, so that when it's over they might feel a little less like strangers. I want to see the survival uh, survival of movie theaters. I want the theatrical experience to remain relevant in our culture. So, basically, what he's kind of getting at is, although like. I get what he's saying, like, because with TV and film, like, you know, there's so many, or uh, with TV, Netflix, internet, and film, there's a lot of different ways to get your story out there. Uh, but there definitely is, like, a, not death of movie theaters occurring, but certainly a, a downturn of attendance at movie theaters. Um, yeah, yeah. And I agree. Well, it's just like, it's like theater. Yeah, like actual, like. like theater is just, yeah. Mm-hmm, like plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and I agree in the sense of, like, you know, I definitely want to see those things, like, survive, too, because there is a, a different experience. I mean, we've talked about this on one of our other Happy Hour episodes. Yeah, um, there's a hu- huge value to it. Definitely. So sure. I get where he's coming from. A- anyone who's, like, seeing a movie on Netflix and seeing a movie in the theater are the same thing, like, that person is an idiot. Yeah. They are not. <laughs> yeah. They're, and they are so clearly not. Yeah. 100%. So it's mm-hmm. a little unfortunate that, you know, he got kind of pulled into it in the way he did. Uh, kind of some misquoted things. And I think people who are kind of anti-theater are finding different ways to try and, you know, make it make it seem like a old generation versus new generation thing when it's really not. It's uh Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. That's why that's why I just like stepped away and was like I'm I don't care about this. You know what I mean? Totally. Like a lot of people have asked me about it. You know, they're like, "What do you think of the Spielberg thing?" And I, I've told every person, it's like, I just, I don't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I. And then they just okay. <laughs> I mean, it makes some sense, but it's nice to kind of see, get that clarity and get it that perspective on it. Because, like, you know, for us to, that's sort of a goal, right? Like to to see your film on screen to go into a theater and you know yeah have other people and know that people are watching a movie that's 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 the goal and and watch it with other people totally you know yeah. that is like the coolest experience that you can do and can i transition yeah to something else to the so film i just you, did that exactly recently i just did it yesterday um 
yesterday one of a, a film that I edited uh, was shown at the Film Forum in Seattle, and I worked on it with Cody Olson, who is just a really awesome director that you guys have met and stuff. And um, the movie played like pretty well; like Sweet. we got a lot of laughs. <laughs> and one thing that was like weird was like people. And I, this happens to me every time, but people weren't laughing at the right spots. You know what I mean? It's like all the spots were Always like, I like left, I thought, okay, leave space here. There's going to be a laugh, you know, because you got to time it out. Nope. <laughs> no, they, they were like laughing over lines. There was one point where like, like during the fight scene, which is a really kind of brutal fight scene. Um, people started laughing. <laughs> but not, not in like a... I don't know if it was in like like a like oh they're fighting now or if they were like shocked because it was actually like super violent like because like the fighting is like pretty like it just starts and you're just like oh shit you know like you you know Jesus take the wheel sort of a thing was it kind of um, like that nervous laughter or they're just kind of taken aback yeah I think it I think it may have been like a nervous like. Like oh shit, shit here it comes you know, because it just it just like goes like suddenly it's just like, boom you know and then they're just like punching the shit out of each other for like two minutes long like, damn it's crazy damn, um, but uh, but after that there's, I think, we started out the movie really heavy and hard and then it turns super light so you think it's gonna be this really overly dramatic thing and then it goes into this kind of bubbly thing. And that transition, I think, was, like, people, like, really understanding, like, that shift. But then at the very end, those two things come together, and people were just laughing their asses off. And it was, like, so amazing to see that. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That's Kind of cool. come together. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a nice it was a nice little showing. A good good amount of people there. And there's also some other films that played, too. Um, oh, so Connor O'Keefe made a film recently, and his played. Um, and then this other guy, Russell Hay... Um, directed this movie and it was like this it was actually pretty insane like it was like this um, parkour movie about like two gay dudes who like um, like get get together like and like basically come out with each other like to their parkour group and uh, the whole film was silent oh wow And, and it had like and it had like dudes like with their shirts off and like in their underwear like the whole time so it was like uh it was basically like what you'd expect from like like the male gaze but, like, right right like like i'm not sure if russell is is gay um but if he is it would be like a like a male gay gaze yeah like, yeah, type yeah. Of thing. um and it was like super interesting to like see that because it was they were like you know like I don't want to say they're oiled up or anything, but it was definitely like a nice focus on like the chests and like their asses and stuff. Yeah, and it was actually kind of interesting to like watch it from that side because I'm yeah. so used to like seeing like the girls you know, like w- that women's parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. There. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it made funny. me kind of ap- appreciate it on like that value, like right, being right. a straight person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that was that was pretty interesting. I wonder, uh, Connor O'Keefe. Was it a new film, or was it a film that he had made a while back that he just submitted to it? Or it pretty new. Um, I don't think it had a showing. I think he just made it, just kind of willy nilly. I'm, I'm not. I don't. It wasn't like a forty eight hour or anything like that. Oh, I'm um, curious what it was. I could. I have a. I could probably send it to you. Um, but it was called The Road. Gosh. And it's it's about a uh, it's about a some lady is walking on a road kind of running away from home and she starts talking to the road and the road talks back to her oh. and gives her advice and stuff it's a comedy it's super it's very very connor very very funny interesting nice. and kind of zany you know he likes that stuff nice wow that's cool yeah no that's awesome that it went well like i was curious about how like the the reception and just like yeah yeah no that's really well cool. it's such it's such an audience pleaser kind of movie and that's what it's set up to be so if it like if there's no like laughs in the theater, then it's like, uh oh, where did we go wrong? But, like having like hearing the laughs is like, okay, yeah, this is going okay. Dude, that's yeah. the tough part so. about making a serious movie, is that you don't get that response. Like, yeah, you might get some if you're doing something a little maybe horror-ish. You might get some gasp or, or something. You know, there might yeah. be something, yeah. but you don't get that direct response you get yeah. when you're trying to do comedy. So like, you don't yeah. know. Yeah, the best thing <laughs> that I think you can get 
for making a drama or something serious is if no one really talks after it ends. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if, if people just sit. If people just sit or these kind of leave silently, then that's your only clue that you did possibly yeah. something right. Or like, if it's like yeah. extra quiet. <laughs> yeah. If it's yeah. extra quiet well, in the yeah. theater. Yeah. And people are, you yeah, know, if what you mean? could hear a pin drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then you're on That's something. your only clue, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There was, there was one time. And I think that's generally true, but I had an experience one time where I was showing one of my 48 movies and someone yelled at the screen, like, <laughs> go get him. Like, go fuck that guy up. Like, they were, like, so mad at the antagonist of the movie that they were, like, literally yelling at him. Like, yeah. The, do you know what I mean? I had that um, happen once with mine, too. At the end of the film, the kind of, like, <laughs> rapist dude or whatever gets stabbed. And the person behind me goes, I don't know if it was, like, fuck yeah or hell yeah, but he's stabbing. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, see, I love that stuff because you could, like, tell that, like, people were feeling it you know because yeah. there's one person who's a little bit extroverted and like needs to vocalize like their feelings you mm-hmm. know yeah, like yeah. those times and it's nice having people like that in the in the theater yeah um, for sure and that's that's really kind of part of the theater going experience you know definitely yeah. um, it definitely does it makes nice. it stressful as fuck though when you don't get that response yeah. like obviously oh, you're not gonna dude. get the response but it makes it yeah. stressful because you're just like you wanted some validation that you know something good is happening but you just kind of can't get that yeah until after yeah and then sometimes people will be like, you know, they approach you, and yeah, or you do a Q and A, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh my god, I love this!" You know, yeah. you don't really get that, but I don't know. It's definitely a stressful experience. I can understand why people right. don't want to watch their own shit, or actors don't watch themselves sometimes. You know, like yeah, you just don't want to see that. So many people can't can't watch it, and it makes sense. I totally get it. It is like the scary like actors thing. especially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As an actor, holy shit, I couldn't. I, can, I couldn't watch I mean, myself. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah. yeah, that's why I don't act. Well, no, it's not why I don't act. Well, I know that I'd just be shitty at it, but yeah, too. I would just <laughs> I would just hate looking at myself like being some, I don't know, it'd be weird. Fuck. But it's kind Dude, of- and that's, that's where like Cody, like Cody was in this movie. He was one of the main characters and he directed And he directed it. Yeah, well. Yeah, and it was just like, we were like going through takes and stuff and he like, knew exactly which takes of his that he wanted like, in it. <laughs> you know he's just like no not that one not that one do that one um but then with the other people he was like a little bit more open to experiment mm. and um well he was a little bit like um like we we had trouble like picking takes with for the two actors because they gave us so much good stuff but uh <laughs> but it would but it was kind of funny it was like a weird like psychological thing I, I feel like where like if you see yourself like you're gonna pick the thing that you know kind of hits you good enough and i you know of course i push back on a couple things you know because that's just part of the process yeah but, uh, but like um you're like you're actually it not was interesting yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was just kind of fun it was just like a weird difference you know yeah i've yeah. always wondered that about acting directing you know like yeah because you know so much about what you want from that that's it's got to be kind of frustrating sometimes yeah oh yeah yeah dude i I know in in argo ben affleck he wrote he wrote and or he directed and starred in it or was a character and he said that he wished that he did more takes because he would do like two three takes and be like yeah we're good like he you know, it was just like, I think I got what I wanted. But he, he said that he wished that he experimented a little bit more on set and got some more options uh, while he was there because he, he felt like he felt like he should have had more to kind of work with mm-hmm. in the edit. I could kind of uh, tell when you watch that movie. It's so, yeah. it's so, like, almost so traditional. And it's one of those movies, like, it gets every beat you know what I mean? Like it hits every mm-hmm. beat. It's like there's no, there really isn't any part of that movie that seemed like they even really had fun making it. You know what I mean? Like it's just so right. like, I don't know. Like I, the joy of it, sort of a thing, or the yeah, some kind of emotion out of it. Yeah, is what like it's saying. it's an all right movie, but it didn't feel like it felt like I don't know. Like his other movies seemed like he had even though he was in like the town it felt like at least he was enjoying himself while he was making the town you know like yeah, <laughs> right. it's a little more genre yeah yeah Ar- argo is like super like kind of like sad nostalgia 
You know what I mean? It's like nostalgic, but like in a in a yeah. Bad way. But yet it's you like know? a good. It's just like remember this horrible like, event. But it has like a happy ending. It's it's a weird. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. one of those cl- crowd pleasers that doesn't really bring anything new to anything. Yet it is kind right. of enjoyable to watch. But I good don't scenes. know. It, yeah, like it's a, yeah. There's good scenes in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Uh... Oh, uh, this is just a little thing. Ben Affleck, speaking of Ben Affleck, he's going to direct and star um, in a new movie called Ghost Army. It's a World War II film. Um, oh, I just saw that. That yeah, will be coming out about. pretty soon. I'm not entirely Did sure. Did you say Ghost Army or Ghost Army? Ghost yeah, Army. Uh, Ghost Army. Ghost Army. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. So that will probably come out in probably what? year and a half two years <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought he was doing that fifa movie did that did that not uh pan, pan out i guess i'm not sure um yeah, maybe it didn't maybe he's working on it right now maybe i don't know but i know that oh, maybe in the future i guess he's he signed on to to direct and star in this ghost army thing um oh fun yeah that's cool dude it's, it's so hard to like find decent like film news right now i guess i guess oh yeah everything is so inundated with star wars well, and endgame like, i have quite a bit if, uh, <laughs> yeah and game of thrones and well fuck, hey yeah, guys game I, of thrones. I i so you remember when we watched the cook the thief the wife and her, and her lover yeah mm-hmm. yeah you guys remember that the peter greenaway um i've been kind of on a greenaway kick you know i watched that in two knots and i i recently watched the pillow book oh see. which is freaking weird freaking weird ass movie uh but good but good but they do this he does this thing in the in the movie where he like he like superimposes like five different things on the screen so like there's like you know you have like your your regular screen and then he has like a tiny window over here with something and a tiny window over here and then like something in the middle and the whole movie's like that. Like, the whole thing's, like, there's, like, a crossfade with, like, the book, like, a book, like, on, like, half the scenes. And then in other parts of the screen, there's, like, little symbols that I don't know what the fuck they mean or anything like that. But the whole movie's, like, really, really interesting. But I've never seen anything, like, quite like that before. Have you guys seen that movie? No, no I've just seen, like, the trailers and stuff. It's su- it's super weird. It's totally worth watching. But it But it's, um... But but it it's like it is in English, but it's also in like Chinese or Japanese or something. But like a lot of the like the the culture of Japan and China are in this movie, and the the main character is half Chinese, half Japanese. Oh, huh. and so it's like this weird like clash of like Japanese and Chinese culture. Wow! In, in like so like the whole movie is like mixed like that and you like see things and you're like pretty sure that's Japanese and then you like right next to it will be like Chinese shit you know and it's like this weird mix it's like super bizarre that's wow. cool it's cool he yeah. seems like he's so open and just down to do anything you know Peter Greenaway cool. like he's so oh yeah he's so experimental it's awesome oh yeah no it's kind of cool because he's like not from that area you know what I mean so it's right. like oh, it's, yeah. he must have like been I mean, he has, like, he's on the spectrum, you know? So I wonder if he just, like, yeah. was able to buckle down and do a ton of research <laughs> yeah, for the movie. You know what I mean? And just get hyper-focused on it. Yeah, it wouldn't um, surprise me. Yeah. Dude, I just saw but this. It was cool. Nice. Sweet, yeah. I'm yeah. going to check that out. I think you guys would like it. Yeah, I want to see Zed and Two Knots, too. I was looking at some of the trailers for him, for his stuff. You would love that movie yeah. because the, uh, the, the lighting. The yeah. lighting is literally insane. It's <laughs> it's super cool. There's so many like like when they're taking photos of everything because they're taking photos of de- decaying things in that movie. Like the design of the lights, Keith. I think you would just yeah. lose yourself over. Nice, honestly. Nice. Yeah, definitely. I did get around to it. Like I said, I've been I'm pushing a little more towards some dramas right now, so could be a good yeah, time. Yeah, dude, to that's perfect. Pick movie that up to watch a little in. bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I just saw this offhand, and I want to say it because, you know, Malik. Uh, I guess his new film is going to be showing at Cannes this year. I was going to bring all that up. Oh, Ooh. damn. I got a whole bunch of Cannes stuff. Dude, I'm stoked about that. It's different than anything I thought he was going to be touching on, so. Be what, is, what is he touching on? It says it's about a uh, 
Second World War Conscientious Objector. An Austrian Second World War Conscientious Objector. So it's based on a real person. His name is Franz Jagerstadter. Um, so that'll be his first film since the Tree of Life. Well, Voyage of Time, Tree of Life, kind of in that area. And it has... Uh... It- Bruno Gans, who just recently died. He did, like, died. Night of Cups and mm-hmm. stuff in between, right? No, uh, that was... Night of Cups was after, wasn't it? Night of Cups was after. Or was it after? Oh, uh, so... It was after Tree of Life. Tree of Life. Until, oh, okay. Uh, song to Song. Uh, oh, that's right. He did Song, song to Song, yeah. So he's done... But it's been a To been the a Wonder. And To the Wonder was after as well. Damn it. I was so, fun. Yeah. I was so fucking off. Song to Song was a couple years ago. So. But Voyage of Time, I think. Unless there was another one in there. Voyage of Time is in there... 2016. So I'm pretty sure that so. came after all those. I mean, Voyage of Time was basically just stuff that he had filmed for Tree of Life, though, wasn't it? For Tree of Life, yeah. And then, kind of, but it, but more too. Yeah. True. Voyage of Time is actually really fucking good. So it's unfortunate that it's <laughs> like not, you know, showing anywhere. Um, right. But yeah, this is yeah it has Bruno Gans and his. Uh, wait. Oh, and Michael N- Nyquist, who's also dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matthias uh, Schoenertz or whatever, he's just, I don't know, I really like all of his stuff. Like, everything he's in, I just enjoy his performances. And then August Deal, who was in the Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> uh, who, he's the SS he? guy. Oh, yeah. Um, that dude's good. Yeah, yeah. So this should, this should be a super good movie. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I'm curious to see. Um, it's three I hours think long. From what I had heard, is it? Damn, yeah. dude. Um, from what I had heard, oh yeah, 180 minutes, Jesus. He was kind of like potentially changing up his style a little bit. Well, yeah, and it'll be interesting because oh. uh, Emmanuel Lubetsky is not the cinematographer, so mm-hmm. uh, it'll have a different feel. Um, 100%. Sure. Yeah, so I'd be curious to kind of wow. see what that's going to look like. Jorg Widmer? I, lo- I love seeing that. I love seeing a director um, who who is known for their voice and like the kinds of movies that they make do something like completely different i love seeing that change totally me too um you know we talked about ozu a little bit who never changed anything about himself so there's that aspect but it is i do like seeing you know you know change it up do something different challenge yourself you know yeah something a little bit different and malik seems like the kind of guy who would do that just like knowing like you know what is publicly available to know about his process and like like you know how he kind of handles that stuff he seems like the kind of guy who like needs to mix it up in order to yes um to like make make a movie like if he he, i don't think he's the kind of guy who could like do like the same television show like over and over again i think he would just want to kill himself for sure 100 percent um the cinematographer Jorg widmer Apparently he's worked with them, but Malik. Well, he's worked with Malik and Lubeski as a camera operator. Mm. He's done a lot of camera operation, a lot of oh. steady cam operation. Um, so he's been he's been in it. He so knows. It might Malik. not be as he's different. Little, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be different. I think it's. Gonna I think be so too, because it's his own thing now. You know. Yeah, I think it's going to be carve, different. He has to carve his own look. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I just saw that offhand. I'm pretty stoked. It's been a while, so I want to see some new stuff. They always go, you know... He's obviously like a lot of other serious directors who keep their shit on lockdown until the very last minute, yeah. you know, like Nolan and stuff. Like, So you go back and forth on what the, yeah. what it's called, what it's about, who's in it. Like, So to actually get some confirmation right. that it actually will be... Because Cannes is next month. Uh, that it actually will be there is pretty pretty sick. So yeah, speaking of can, that's like yeah, it's like in two and a half weeks or so, and there's so many good film directors that have shit in competition this year. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah, what's what are the highlights? So uh, Jim, what do you got? Jim Jarmusch has a film called The Dead Ooh. The Dead Don't Die, which is a comedy zombie horror. Yes. I don't Dude, get that this. movie. Looks yeah. amazing. I don't get that at all. That came out of oh, nowhere. Yeah, which like, is it's gonna be interesting. It's Jim Jarmusch. Dude, that movie so looks hilarious. It's, it's, With a crazy cast. Yeah, yeah. Like a yeah, crazy cast. The trailer cast. is out for that. If you haven't seen it, you should I've watch seen it. the trailer, but yeah. that's why I'm like, this doesn't make... This movie makes zero sense. Like, It's cool because Jim Jarmusch has such a distinct style that I feel like the trailer is probably misleading <laughs> um, because his films are very... 
dry and they're very a particular style but what's awesome about it is can loves him like they just they just <laughs> love jarmish film so i'm really i'm excited about it because uh okay so just to while. give a sense of the cast for anyone who hasn't seen this yet bill murray adam driver tilda swinton chloe savini steve buscemi danny glover uh caleb landry jones rosie perez iggy pop sarah driver rizza Carol Kane, <laughs> Selena Gomez, Tom Waits, Austin Butler, and Luca Sabat. Like, <laughs> what is fucking happening, dude? It's awesome. Dude, it's because uh, uh, all those people are just like, I want to work with, like, the crazy directors who do weird yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's like everyone's dream, or most people's dream. I think yeah, people are definitely. seriously getting sick. I mean, a lot of people do the, uh, the, the studio films because you got to paycheck you gotta make that money you gotta stay involved you gotta stay relevant but i think people are really getting sick of it dude like on like legitimately there's so there's this like kind of push towards independent directors and filmmakers um for actors and stuff you know just trying some shit out on the periphery dude the 20s i i feel like the 20s are gonna be freaking insane you know when when we get there i mean we've talked about this on the show but like you can just feel it coming you know what i mean it's like you a cycle dude yeah. it's like a hundred year cycle and shit like you know 1920s mm-hmm. was like this you know quote golden area golden era of film right before the sound came in and it's kind of feeling like you know the the 2000s were a little roughed yeah. 2010s early 20 you know 10s that kind of decade has been rough now we're really seeing like this resurgence and i think you're right mm-hmm. that like you know, 2020 and beyond, 2020 to 2030 is going to be fucking, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, dude, with, I mean, A20, just look at, like, A24, with, like, there's a distributor who's, like, on the independent film side who's, like, a, a big hitter. You know what I mean? Distributor like, turned big... produce, like, they're producing films now, too. Right, right, right. But that's crazy. I don't know. I think it's coming. You know, I think it's coming for sure. Oh, yeah. Um. So we also have uh, Xavier Dolan, um, who's this crazy talented director. Um, his new film, Matthias and Maxime, is coming out. Um, Pedro Almodovar's film, Pain and Glory, is coming out, which I'm super excited. It has Penelope Cruz and Antonio Banderas in it, which is fucking awesome. Nice. And uh, it's a Spanish drama, so he's back into the uh, into the drama cat- uh, territory. Um yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, Bong Joon-ho, who did Snowpiercer mm-hmm. and The Host, has a new film called Parasite, which looks fucking awesome, too. And it's, He did Okja, too, right? Yeah, and Okja, yeah. Like we, we did that on the show, yeah, that's right. And, yeah, I'm super, <clears throat> super stoked about it. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's very broad, the plot. It says the film revolves around key Tayek and his unemployed family as they take a peculiar interest in the Park family, which leads them to get entangled in an unexpected incident. So very broad, but definitely intriguing. Oh. Um, and then you have, let's see, um, Ken Loach's film, Sorry We Missed You. Um, he won the Palme d'Or at the film festival a couple years back. So that's people are definitely excited about that. And then Jean-Pierre Dardine and Luke Dardine, the Dardine brothers, have a film, The Young Ahmed, um, or Ahmed, um, which is coming out. And they have been Cannes Film Festival favorites since the late 80s. So um, it's been a little while since they've had a film so out. So that's going to be a big, uh, a big thing. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of films in the Un Certain Regard section or whatever, which is out of competition that look awesome. And then Nicholas Winding Refn will have two episodes, the first two episodes of his TV show, Too Old to Die Young, screen. Ooh. Yeah, in the out of competition section. Dude, um, we didn't even talk about the fact that they dropped a trailer for that. Yeah. That was dude. fucking sick, dude. So that's going to be so good. sick. Um, so good. Ten hour and a half long episodes yeah 900 <laughs> minutes insane or, uh, yeah it's gonna be fucking insane so dude. sick um 600 then, minutes what was that no wait no you're right 900 yeah, yeah. minutes yeah 90 minutes time yeah yeah no, you're, right, crazy. you're right and then um a, a big name that hasn't been uh uh released yet or whatever is quentin tarantino and 
he's working super hard according to the film or the the film festival director at Cannes is that he's been in talks with Tarantino has seen parts of the movie and Tarantino is is hustling trying to get it to premiere in some form once upon a time in Hollywood yeah so which is I think they confirmed that it won't be it won't be I think they confirmed it well, I'm really hoping that that'll change. Because <laughs> Tarantino, <laughs> this will be the 20th or the 25th anniversary of his win at Pulp Fiction, uh, with Pulp Fiction. Ah, uh, um, that'd be cool, yeah. So it would be cool at least to just have the fest or the film play, even if it was out of competition. I know that they haven't finalized the in-competition section yet. It's, I think, 95% full. Um, so there is, I think, still time if he just can get it in i know that um inglorious bastards was actually released in an unfinished form uh when it was uh released and it is film festival so that does happen yeah right i mean it was like you know very slight you know changes um i think it might have been a little longer um than when it was released in theaters uh but yeah, I'm. I was kind of hoping to see Tarantino in there. Hopefully, so as of happen. about six days ago, they said that there's right now. It's kind of far off because he's he's he apparently he shot and is editing it in 35 millimeter with no digital intermediate, which adds a lot of time. Uh, and they're working on it, trying to get it there. They do want to get it into can, but so there's a possibility, but it's up in the air. And shit happens sometimes, so um, it would be interesting. It would be interesting. It'd, it'd be a nice little icing on the cake for him. Yeah. So especially as he nears his ten films, right, right. You know, before he retires, right. thing. And right, it would definitely give the Cannes Film Festival a boost in in just like watchability. I think because I think they're trying to he, connect. People would, yeah. More people would go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Werner Herzog has a film called Family Romance LLC, which yeah. there's like no the plot summary of that. <laughs> yeah, the plot summary it's like, is it's like less than a sentence. A man is hired to impersonate the missing father of a 12 year old girl, and there's literally it's it's the the language is Japanese, and <laughs> there's no there's no like no one knows who's starring in it. Nothing. That's so amazing. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, fucking Herzog is such a weirdo. Yeah, awesome. and that's playing in this is the special screening section at Cannes this year so that's kind of exciting along with um abel ferrara you know who's done uh um bad lieutenant and mm-hmm. um, shit like that so it has a there's a huge uh it seems like this year is definitely um a good mix of both women you know you have celine skiyama you triette um jessica hausner um with men too in the in the in competition section um which is cool because i know can has had some some uh controversy about being kind of male <laughs> oriented uh festival um but yeah man it sounds this this it looks, looks like, pretty dude. fucking cool yeah someday i'll go to can yeah, someday. Same, Either same. as yeah. a as an audience member or with a film, but someday we'll get there. Um, man, that'd be crazy. And then a uh, the first. I feel like I'd be stressed out the whole time. From that <laughs> <film there>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if you're just going for fun, you'll probably be like, "Oh my god, I gotta see them all." Hey, every person that I've wanted to meet my whole life too. <laughs> yeah, like, it's <laughs> <yeah. laughs> funny. And the first picture of. Um, the director of The Witch, uh, his new film called uh, The yeah. Lighthouse with uh, Robert Pattinson and uh, Willem Dafoe was released. And it looks yeah. fucking sick. See, my problem is, is that The Witch looked really good too. <laughs> but I ended up not liking it as much as I thought I would. So I have my reservations about this guy's next movie. I want to see it, but I don't know, dude. It's set in the 1850s in Nova Scotia. About these two Ooh. like lighthouse 
So the shoot it in black and white? Oh, they did. I think so. 35 millimeter. They shot in 35 millimeter black and white. Yeah. Interesting. Which is fucking dope. That alone makes it really interesting. But yeah. at the same, it's just like, dude, I had <laughs> such high hopes for The Witch. I thought it was going to be so good. And I was just <laughs> so disappointed. So, like, I don't know, man. It's A24, though. So it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to not. The fact that wanna... it's just filmed on film and just from that one image alone has a, has a great feel to it like a, yeah. a great contrasty i don't know it just looks like it looks dirty yeah which is just great i yeah, love it's it. dingy robert pattinson and willem dafoe are they've just been doing great fucking work lately so i'm i'm kind of excited just from that aspect alone um the witch right. was good it didn't blow me away or anything but i what i liked about that film was that it had a definite feel and atmosphere to it so i know that um eggers the director is probably going to bring something similar to that here you know he's good at building a, a sense of world you know mm-hmm. um right so right. hopefully you know it'll, this one maybe you will i can attach myself to a little bit more <laughs> than the witch um right but, this is so interesting this article uh says if you're thinking damn these seamen look uh cranky that's because battinson and defoe were 100 percent miserable while filming this movie uh <laughs> and they do look really cranky in the picture um and he said uh, the actors discussed the experience in a 2018 interview or piece four interview in which defoe said quote the conditions were so harsh that they hardly talked outside of scenes um pattinson recalled a particularly horrific day when he had to shoot a scene that required him to be repeatedly sprayed with water and not in the fun way like when a shirtless leonardo dicaprio frolics in the park with a water gun in his off season (laughs) (laughs) and then this is i think this is him his quote more defoe again is saying that's the closest I've come to punching a director. However much I love Robert Eggers, there was a point where I did five takes walking across the beach, and after a while, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I feel like you're just spraying a, ho- a fire hose in my face. And he was like, I am just spraying a fire, I am just spraying a fire hose in your face. <laughs> it was like some kind of torture. So apparently oh this gosh. film has a, a reputation of already being pretty brutal. So I guess I'm more interested in that yeah. regard, but... The witch was a big letdown, so I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah. Cautiously. I just love black and white movies, so I'm Me too. I'm curious. Yeah. I think it's I think that's gonna add a nice touch yeah. to it. And you're getting two big stars in the film, so I like what they've been choosing as their projects lately, so I kinda am putting my faith in them in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like Yeah. I'm I'm putting my faith more into them just because they haven't really let me down in any of the projects that I've seen them in in the last five or so years um like the florida project isn't quite my type of movie but i thought willem dafoe was great in it and it was a solid movie for what it was um high life looks great that's pattinson yeah yeah pattinson Mm -hmm. man i seriously like good times um high life um uh the film uh the childhood of a leader um uh the lost city of z all these films that he's been in he's great in and like cosmopolis um uh maps to the stars all these films that even he has like these small parts he's great and it's I funny he's yeah he's he is doing what elijah wood and uh daniel radcliffe did mm-hmm. and kind of what a lot of the other people even DiCaprio, to, really in a well way. in the sense of like they did these like big long studio series yeah. films yeah like he right. did Twilight, got paid a shit ton of money for it, and then it was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna do whatever movie yeah, I want. Yeah. That's exactly what uh, Radcliffe did and yeah. what Elijah Wood did. Like, right. they're just like, I have the, fuck you money. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the difference between Pattinson is he he didn't and and um, the other lady he was in that uh, in Twilight is that they didn't know that it would be a big hit. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so like after it was like oh like okay like I do another you know three movies and i'm good to go you know like sure then like but they thought it was just like gonna be some like kind of indie kind of quirky kind of movie which it kind of is it is is, like kind of it's super indie it's actually a pretty good movie i really like that the first one um but uh but yeah i see what you're saying but it's but it's funny because he just kind of fell into it at the same time 
Yeah. Well, and that's what's and funny same about. with same with the other uh, um, lady. I think I, I bet uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Kristen Stewart. Yeah. yeah, she yeah she was in the same boat. Like I just want to do like more art films. Yeah, and I don't want to do these kind of movies. But and she, yeah, and she's do, great too. Fell into it. Like yeah, she really she's is. Awesome. She's really she really is like a talented actress. Like she's. I mean, if you with you know she had that scandal with the director of uh, Snow White and the Huntsman and all that shit. But other than like that, like her talent though shouldn't really be judged based on like that shit you know what i mean like she really is like one of my favorite films that um have come out in the last couple years is personal shopper um by mm. olivier assayas or assayas and like that movie's fucking great and she's awesome in it but i feel like robert pattinson too um he's he's slid into that role um better than daniel radcliffe and elijah wood yeah i think he's yeah. He's, he's more Leonardo. Yeah, I disagree with that, dude. Radcliffe, like, especially with like Swiss Army Man, he went way out there, dude. I don't know. Yeah, but he's only. But well, his... he did, but it, it there was kind of a campiness to it. There, like, there isn't. There wasn't like a. Yeah. Yeah, but he's done I a think, lot of stage I, I don't projects. Think it's quite the same. He's done a lot of stage projects. He did uh, what the. Uh, what's that window? Lady in the window or something? Lady in the window. Yeah. Black yeah. window or whatever the hell. And, um, there's two of them. The lady I in black, yeah. I think is what it's called. Lady in black. But yeah, yeah, he's been doing these kind of weird, super yeah. offbeat things. Like He's a neo-Nazi dude. Yeah. 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 I don't know, dude. Stuff. He's been doing Imperial. it pretty Yeah, but those films aren't... It's terrible that I'm like comparing, but like they are not necessarily good films. Swiss Army Man I haven't seen, but like... And that one, that that one, like the critics yeah. liked it, never. But the other films, like they're not films that have reached. They're these... not as like prestigiously labeled. right. Exactly, and I feel yeah. like I which mean, is ironically I'm... almost more to the point of what you're talking about because yeah, well, there's so much more indie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. But like, I feel like Dana Radcliffe just he's a little still a little bit more limited on what he can do. Um, I, I just feel like Robert Patton is definitely a more talented actor. No fault with Daniel Radcliffe. Like I have like you seen Daniel Horns? Radcliffe. Horns is a Horns. weird one. Horns is pretty good. Horns is a weird one. Yeah. Kill Your Darlings is good too. He's in that. I haven't seen that. That's supposed to be pretty good. Dan yeah. Dehan or Dane Dehan. That's what his yeah, name is. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, he's pretty good in that. So like, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I just, I don't know. I feel like Robert Pattinson maybe just chooses his projects a little i mean obviously a little differently where he's focused more on the director i think than maybe necessarily yeah ratcliffe is definitely like because he's done a lot of stage stuff too yeah he's done more a lot focused of stage. on his yeah. acting yeah um, right um you know and it, that makes it yeah pattinson definitely is, and he seems to like pattinson likes speci- very specific types of directors yeah. so it definitely makes sense um definitely artsy yeah directors yeah. in that mm-hmm. regard for sure um, but, uh, yeah it's yeah i don't know it's kind of cool um i think he's like he did good time uh or good times um with those two directors the safety brothers and he literally saw one photo a still photo of a film that they had done in a magazine and called them up and said i want to be in your next film after just looking at a wow. still photo of a film that they had done that's cool and so i feel like rob patson is very he approaches his projects that he's going to be in so differently than yeah. what others. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with aesthetic. And when you look at his filmography, if you look at the childhood of a leader, which is an amazing film directed by Brady Corbet, who was one of the guys in funny games, the, the English version. Mm-hmm. Um, he just did Vox Lux with Natalie Portman directed that film. His, his style is so unique and so just different. And then you, you look at Claire Denis who, is kind of like this you know huge name in the french film world um who her films have been looked up to for you know since the since the early 90s late 80s um and then he you know cronenberg obviously is a master um so it's just like i don't know i feel i don't know it's different than radcliffe for sure but for sure but i I, more in the sense of like they just they got into these big yeah. series yeah. they made a boatload of cash <laughs> yeah. and we're just like i'm not yeah. i'm just gonna do whatever i want basically at this and like point. elijah wood is like that too 
but he's even more he's more in producing now yeah you know, he's, he's definitely, producing a lot of films yeah but um, he did some weird shit like maniac and stuff yeah like he did he's done he some, loves horror some i think stuff, horror yeah. is like his love where his yeah. love is so he's been producing a lot of horror films and yeah he stars he still stars and shit which is cool yeah sick all right uh we're gonna wrap it up here um so we're not gonna do a pitch today uh just due to time uh but uh, go ahead and follow us on Letterboxd at Jacob Fultz, Byron Gouette, G-O-U-E-T-T-E, and Hyperion Creator for me. Um, where we, I kind of, you know, stuff, films that we don't necessarily talk about here or that we touch on, I kind of, sometimes we go a little bit deeper over there in those reviews. So definitely take a look there. Uh, be sure to listen to and watch the next, uh, wow, I poorly worded this. Uh, make sure to listen to our next episode, which will be... Uh, the two films uh, get get out at us. Uh, Jordan Peele's films are going to be t- talking about things kind of from a socio political uh, perspective. Kind of maybe watching films when you sort of know the overarching kind of themes and political or uh, sociological themes, I guess, attached to them uh, and whether or not they exist in movies. Just kind of, you know, general thoughts about that. Uh, So make sure you listen to that. Um, And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.